Welcome to The Porch. You're on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. By studying the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church, we see how the early church served the Lord, and we follow their example. We take a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire is to find and restore the priesthood of the believer. It's always been that, and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe it's needed more now than ever before. By delving deeper into Scripture, understanding the content and the context in which it was written, we find the church the Lord intended, and not the man-made one. The church age is not over. Don't believe them if they tell you that. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. Now, if you know that, if you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want it, then join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. Or we've created another email because we're finding that emails aren't going to the new server for some reason, and their solution is wanting to charge me more. So I created a email address for the porch at Gmail. Listen closely. It's the porch A512, as in the porch Acts 512. Leave out the CTS. The Porch A five twelve at gmail dot com. If you want to support us, there's ways to do so. Go to Firefall Talk Radio page at the bottom. There are multiple ways to support us. Reach out if you have any questions. You need more information. We appreciate all the support and encouragement we get. Your emails edify me. They excite me. So please, if God's doing something, that the Lord's doing something through these. Bible studies, please let me know. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. All of them are listed on the main page with their links. I mentioned last week about having to change the platform from which we do live broadcasting. We're good till the end of the year on Spreaker. That's the only place you can hear us live. Every place else you get the archived uh, recording right afterwards. But They're going to cease doing live broadcasting, and although I could record everything and put it up, that's not what I do. I like to do it live, let it be spontaneous, let the Spirit have His way. So we'll figure out where we're going to go. There's a couple other options. We started out at Blog Talk until they got too too many technical problems. We might go back. We go to Podbean. I don't know. Maybe we'll do YouTube. We'll figure it out, but I will let you know. Thank you for being a part of the porch. Thank you for your patience. and. If you need prayer, let us know. We want to pray for you. If you want to pray for others in the porch community, we will hook you up with the porch prayer list. One out this week. Another one will go out next week. We're going to try to become more of an intertwined, connected community. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to us. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly Twitter. Um, Links again. On the main page. Aerial support, I cannot stress to you more, and we're going to start talking about it, the time of warfare that we are in. You can see it in the world, and it is spilling over to those of us that stand in the gap, that resist the enemy, that do 
what we do, my team and I. So we could use your support. Starting out, praise reports and prayer requests. Never, ever go into his presence without praise. Put on the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. And don't go in there. Don't drag it with you. Take the praise. Take the smile. Take the love and offer it to the Father. Offer it to the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, Abba, we come to you as your children telling you how much we love you. You are an awesome, awesome dad. You've done so much for us already. It seems wrong to ask for more, but we know your heart's desire is to do so. We ask for intimacy and closeness. We want to boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We want to hang out with you for a while. We want to hang out with you, Lord. You've allowed us to sit with you in the heavenly places, and there's no other place we want to be, but we're here right now, and we have to do a job. And we've got to fulfill the calling and the mission so that when you come back, we're ready. So, Lord, please help us. Please guide us. Please heal us in heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Show us what you want from us individually, corporately. Speak to us, Lord. You have sons and daughters, brothers and sisters here. I have brothers and sisters that have never heard your voice, never felt your presence, and I pray that you would allow that to happen, that you would visit them in the nighttime, in the dreams, in the visions. Let them know. Let them see, let them feel, let them hear, let them smell the incense of the throne room on you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I know you're doing your job, but we thank you for walking with us and teaching us and putting up with us, reminding us of what the Word says and correcting us. Please don't ever stop. And if we wander away, send an angel to get us back. We know you're a gentleman. And you won't force yourself on anyone. But please let us know. Touch us. Touch my brothers and sisters right now. Touch them tonight as we talk about you and talk about power from above. Infuse them. Let it fall upon them. Let them be able to rise up with wings as eagles. Lord, we know you're coming back. Creation's groaning for the return of the king. And I groan every day, every day to see you. So we praise you for the coming kingdom and the new Jerusalem. But until then, we're going to pray. First, we're going to pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verses 6 through 8, tell us, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. And we may not always agree with each other, and we may not agree with politics or things, but that's irrelevant. Jerusalem is your holy city. Your eye is upon it. Please, we pray for the remaining Israeli hostages and bodies that are still in Gaza almost five months later, as well as the people of Gaza suffering because of the actions and the dictatorial control of Hamas. More and more people are coming out into the streets in Gaza, speaking out at the risk of their life, crying out for help from the international community to set them free from this evil hold. We pray for the exposure of all who participated in it or supported it and for the world to care enough about it to step in and say, okay, let's get this done. Let's get these hostages. Let's set them free. Bring them home now. 
fatherless, widows, innocents, martyrs, victims of injustice, we pray for you. We stand in the gap for you. We never forget you. Pray for divine wholeness and health and healing in me, oh boy, in me and my wife, my family, getting back to our divine design. This world has broken us down, our choices, the the contaminated food and all the things that the enemy has done to make us unhealthy. Lord, you can change it in the blink of an eye. You can restore us, restore us back to our divine design. Do some amazing, miraculous things so that the world and the medical community and our friends and families will be astounded and have to say, yes, it's real. He still heals. I pray for healing right now for all who are sick of anything in heart, in mind, in body, soul, or spirit. In accordance with the word and the spirit of the living God, I pray in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be made whole. Let everything the enemy is doing be broken off of you. The spirit of infirmity be driven far away from you. I pray for protection, for that Psalm 91 covering, for me, for my family, for our furry kids, for my teammates, and, and every one of you. We're in a war. If you haven't figured that out, we're in a war. And the enemy we're fighting is merciless. They're demonically evil in a way that, the natural mind cannot understand. So we pray for protection and inspiration. Pray for the remnant. That's you and me. We got to rise up. We got to wake up. Some some are still awake. They think they're awake, but they're not. They're sleepwalking. To rise up and answer the call to action, whatever it may be. Maybe it's to be a blessing. Maybe it's to support. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe, to supplies. I don't know, but we have to come together. Our combined prayers can put the enemy on its feet, on its heels. Let's be proactive instead of reactive. Faith-filled, dunamis-powered prayers. Laser-like focus with the power of the Holy Spirit onto whatever we're praying for or about. We pray for edification, encouragement, inspiration as we rise up to serve the kingdom of God. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Protect the technology. Let everything be said that you want to be said tonight. Let every heart be moved and changed. Whatever it is you desire to do, Holy Spirit, it's your time. You can do whatever you want, however you want to do it. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, say Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Oh, my goodness. I never turned the microphone back on. I've got to start all over. And then I'm going to have to edit out the silence from before. I am so sorry. I'm surprised somebody didn't tell me. Okay.
Here we go. Rewind. All right, back to the beginning. <laughs> wow, that was a good seven minutes. <laughs> okay, a little too excited. I just jumped right in there without ch without changing anything on the board. I'll slow down a little bit. Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus flows just flows out of you. Corey Timboom said that. So get your Bibles open. Let's get ready. We've been talking about living in the light, which means we are his agents of change and disclosure of the workings of the enemy. That takes Holy Spirit power. You can't do it in your own power. Well, you can, but it won't be very good. And what keeps this light on? The Holy Spirit Power Company. The bill's been paid. The message of Pentecost was that the kingdom of God had power to do this very thing. You can't have light without a power source. Pentecost was God's beacon for the church, for humanity, that the darkness had been defeated. Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. For those who dwelled in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. We know that light was and is at Yeshua, John 9, 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And he does that through the Holy Spirit in us, connected to him in the throne room. Now, if the Holy Spirit is present, so must the miracles, the signs, and the wonders be present, because it's the Lord who's present. But be forewarned. If there are real miracles, signs, and wonders, the counterfeit can't be far behind. Because for the counterfeit to work, there must be real ones that it mimics and takes advantage of and deceives. And if the church is absent or abdicates its position of power, the enemy will be glad to fill it. The Lord warned us in Matthew 24, verses 24 and 25. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive if possible, even God's chosen one, God's elect. See, I've warned you about this ahead of time. He told us. And yet people still fall for the enemy, still fall for what he does. I'm going to talk about that, why that happens. Part of it is because you don't know the word. If you're falling for stuff, if you're doing things, saying things, or, or, or promoting things that are not in the word, you've been deceived. In Revelation 13, 14, he said, he who deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Now remember, the church is not here during that time. People will be deceived. Revelation sixteen fourteen. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Spirits of demons are out there now. Turn on your television, you'll see them. Listen to some of the music your kids are listening to. You'll hear them. They're busy. 
We need to get busy. Revelation 19.20, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, not all miracles you see are from God or proof of God's approval. See, the church seems to make the, the false assumption, oh, it happened in a church service and it looked like that person got healed. It must have been God. Lying signs and wonders. In Deuteronomy, they were warned. Deuteronomy 13, verses 1 through 5. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known. Let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God, testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Many of these televangelists and false teachers and preachers should be glad that that law is not in effect anymore. He shall be put to death because he's spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your Missed. Yes, it happens. People get deceived and they begin to follow a different way. They begin to follow a different Jesus. Now, the natural, non spirit filled mind is easily deceived because it is relying on its own abilities, its own knowledge, and its own human discernment. Anything that takes you away from the Word from the Lord, or the kingdom of God is false. If your revelation, if your dream, if whatever you think the Lord is telling you cannot be confirmed in the word or does not line up with the word in the content and the context in which is presented, it must be discarded. No matter how good it sounds, no matter how good it feels or appears to you, it has to line up with him. And the deception of the enemy is to twist, turn, and falsely interpret the word. One of those deceptions is about the presence and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, is the dynamic instigator of everything in our lives, specifically of our regeneration. A.W. Pink, in his book, The Holy Spirit, said this, The sovereign work of the Spirit in the soul precedes all holy exercises of heart, such as sorrow for sin, faith in Christ, love toward God. This great change is wrought in spite of all the opposition of the natural heart against God. The Holy Spirit must be present for conviction to happen. When I see somebody doing things and they're under no conviction, I know either the Spirit's not present or they've turned off any ability to feel or hear him. 
The Holy Spirit is our agent of change within us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 4. Yes, if you're following on your list, I may have jumped, dropped two scriptures that at the moment I'm doing an active edit. So sorry, but you can look them up anyway and, and put your own notes towards them. 1 Corinthians 12, starting verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, capital S, is given to each one for the profit of all. If, if you want to highlight, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But, this is verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the Spirit gives to each one for the profit of all, and he gives as he wills. You can't pick. You can't choose. Somebody can't decide, oh, have this gift. He decides. Now this this change Remember, salvation instantaneous, sanctification a process. But when the Spirit gives you a gift, He gives it to you. Now, you learn how to use it. You learn about it. But what He's doing as He does this, He's transforming you from the inside out. You are passing from death to life. In the regeneration, the Spirit imparts a real, new, immortal life. A.W. Pink says, a life not such as that which was inherited from the first Adam, who was a living soul, but such as is derived from the last Adam, Yeshua, who is a quickening spirit. We're in this together. Remember I said we got to work it together. The enemy's working together. They have their hive mind. They have their plans. They have their schemes. And right now, i got to tell you, the high-ranking ones are putting aside their differences to work together. That hasn't happened in a very long time. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us for the profit of everyone. Now, neither Paul nor any other New Testament writer suggested that some believers might be without gifts. All believers are given gifts. And Paul sets his discussion of gifts in the context of the corporate church. For some reason in our day, many people tend to think individualistically, and they're, they're taught to do that. We put people up on stage. We pull them out of the crowd. We elevate them. And... It's easy to do that in the reference to the gifts, especially in the more dramatic ones. They want to put that person right up on stage. doesn't matter if they're mature enough for it or not. Let's put them out there and draw people in. Let's write stories about them. And then those people fall because they weren't ready to be used. 
It can also make people arrogant about the gifts. I have the gift of evangelism. Or be ashamed. Oh, my gift is only, you know, it's, it's not anything great. I don't even want to talk about it. Paul spoke of the gifts in terms of the whole church, not in terms of individuals only. The church is the body of Messiah. Each believer is a member of that body, an eye, an ear, a leg, whatever, however you want to look at it. And each member has its appropriate ability to do what it's designed to do. This, this leaves no room for arrogance or shame about the gifts because it's the Spirit deciding. Have I seen people fake gifts? Absolutely. Well, you can't fake a dramatic one like a healing. It either happens or it doesn't. I've seen people fake tongues. I've seen them fake prophecy. I've seen them fake interpretations and tell you what's in their mind has nothing to do with the Lord. Thankfully, I've always been in an atmosphere or a place where it can be corrected. Go to Ephesians 4, starting with verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Messiah, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Do you see anything in there about the individualistic person, the elevation of that person? No. It's for the body, for the kingdom of God, working in unity to get the job done. We are not going to endure the battle that we're in or the coming one if we don't start working together if we don't start praying for one another, if we don't start interceding and standing in the gap and and doing what the Spirit tells us to do. And you can say, well, so what? I've, I've got my ticket. I'll go to heaven anyway. But you will suffer while you're here, and your loved ones will suffer. And if you could do something about it and didn't, I don't think that pleases him. Romans 8.11, a verse that Larry and I speak to each other and speak over each other every day. Romans 8.11, but if the Spirit, the Ruach of Him, who raised Yeshua from the dead, dwells in you, He who raised Messiah from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So how do I pray that over myself? I pray, Lord, that the Spirit in me which raised you from the dead would quicken my mortal body. And change me and give me life. And I speak it by faith and I wait for it to manifest. 
We are a new creation to house his spirit. A new creation to contain the power from above to do his will. It's all about him. It's all about the kingdom. John Owens was a 1600s a Puritan theologian in the 1600s. And he was one of the most published theologians of the 17th century. This is what he said. Regeneration consists in a new spiritual, supernatural, vital principle or habit of grace infused into the soul, the mind, the will, and affections by the power of the Holy Spirit, disposing and enabling them in whom it is, meaning the Spirit, unto spiritual, supernatural, vital action and spiritual obedience. Christians should never choose between entire dependence upon the Bible and the Spirit. The two go together. We can't function without it. I do not understand believers and teachers who act like the Spirit is no longer present. The gifts are no longer present. What happened in the days of the Book of Acts Church is not for today. The church age is over. No, it's not. Ah, thank you for playing. Pick up your parting gifts on the way out. They won't be very good, but you lose. Romans 8, starting verse 5. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. I'm giving you the clue as to why the Spirit doesn't work in people's lives. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, which gratify the body. Those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit, which is His will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. Later on in Romans 12, verse 2, Paul says this, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves, plural, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Yes, I mentioned the scripture last week and probably the week before. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What I'm showing you is that all of this is in there. It's all tied together. There is nothing that you cannot find confirmed in his word. Everything that's been said has already been said. Everything that's been done has already been done. I love it when people say, well, the Lord gave me a new revelation. It's not in the word. Nope, sorry, that's not him. That's you. More than likely, it's the enemy working with you and you with the enemy. So here, if you're struggling with this, I'm going to tell you to pray for something. You ready? Pray for the transformation and regeneration of your heart, your mind, your body, soul, and spirit. Remember, we mentioned in the beginning some people are suffering from illnesses and and things. I am. Uh, Probably four weeks from today, you'll be hearing a recording 
Maybe. We'll see because I'll be recovering from hip surgery. But every day I pray, Lord, it would be a great thing if you healed me. If suddenly the x-ray I take today doesn't match the one that was taken recently. I pray for transformation. I pray for regeneration. Heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's the whole me. That's the whole you. Pray for it. Believe for it. I I don't know how to explain to you, and we're going to wind up talking about this in the days ahead, and maybe I'll do separate things with Larry, or maybe we'll discuss it together. I don't know. But I have got to get you to understand what's really going on around you in the spirit realm while you're worried about who's going to win American Idol, while you're worried about the championship of this sport or that sport, all those things while entertaining, have no eternal value. First John chapter 2, starting verse 26. Paul said, uh, John says, not Paul. Paul didn't write John. Paul, John, Paul, George. No, never mind. First John 2, starting verse 26. These things I have written to you with reference to those who are trying to deceive you, seducing you and leading you away from the truth and sound doctrine. They're all over social media. As for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation, which you have received from him, capital H, remains permanently in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. He's referring to the deception. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things, and is true and is not a lie, just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have any teaching at all about this, about the deception. You shouldn't be so easily deceived. Verse 28, now little children, believers, dear ones, John says, remain in him with unwavering faith so that when he appears at his return, we may have perfect confidence and not be ashamed and shrink away from him and his coming. The Holy Spirit in you, the hope of glory, the guarantee of your relationship was promised by him to come and to encourage us, to instruct us, to strengthen us. And he would sustain the Lord's disciples. He would sustain the presence, purpose, and person of Yeshua, of Jesus, within his disciples. And that's each and every one of us, not just the 12. And this is why I keep taking you back to John 14, John 15, John 16, because he lays it out. And what's interesting, John writes the most, well, actually the book of Acts written by Luke tells the most about the Holy Spirit. The book of John and the Gospels shows the most, and Paul taught the most. Must be important that it's being done that much. John 14, 16, and 17. John 14, verses 16 and 17. This is Yeshua speaking. These are the red-letter basics we talk about. And I will pray the Father, 
and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, not going anywhere, permanent residence. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Where is he? With you and in you. For how long? Forever. He's abiding, permanent residence. John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, Parakletos, walks alongside of you, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Helper, the Parakletos, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father... The spirit of truth who proceeds, emanates, literally comes from the Father. He will testify of me. Yeshua, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I saw the visual. Rises, sits next to the Father. We know the two of them are one. From the Holy Spirit, from the Father, through the Lord, to us, we are connected permanently to the throne room. It's a visual, if you can get it. In Acts chapter 1, he expounds upon it even more, starting verse 4. He assembled, he assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which is what we just talked about it in John 14 and 15, which he said, You have heard from me. For John the Baptist truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Remember, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. He shall baptize you with fire. Therefore, when they'd come together, instead of asking more about the Holy Spirit and what he was talking about, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but... You shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis from where we get the word dynamite. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, but you shall receive explosive dynamic power, ability, efficiency, and, not, and might when the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, says the Lord, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. That's what this was all about. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I won't leave you as orphans. Well, wait a second. You're leaving. How's that possible? Oh, wait. The Holy Spirit in us. We're connected to you. The Holy Spirit, the source of our power. For service to him in the kingdom of God, you cannot do it without it. Oh, you can try. You can fake it. You may be a good speaker. You may even be a, an actor or an actress or somebody who's been up on stage and knows how to, you know, do the inflections and get people going. But there'll be no power. There'll be no signs and wonders. Hearts won't be changed. Lives won't be regenerated. In Mark 16, starting verse 15, it tells them, Go into all the world. Don't sit down. Don't build a building or a basilica. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. 
he who does not believe will be condemned. Why? We know from John 1, uh, John chapter 3, they're condemned already because they did not believe in the only begotten Son of God. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. You'll be able to look at somebody who's demonically possessed, have the confirmation of the Holy Spirit, say, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, come out of them and go to the dry and inhabited places of the earth and await the judgment of the Father, and those things will go. Now, they may wrestle, they may resist, they may scream and moan and spew. So what? Get your scaly little butt out of here. They will speak with new tongues. We're going to talk about that pretty soon. We haven't talked about it in a while. They will take up serpents, not snake handling, not all that nonsense you see in the mountains in some places. And if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. Meaning if you're bitten or poisoned while you're spreading the gospel and preaching and teaching the gospel and the Lord sent you there, you're going to be protected. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Verse 19, so then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down where? At the right hand of God, the position of power and authority, and we get to sit with him in the heavenly places. Whew! I could run around the room if I could run right now. I can hobble. I can do my Festus Gunsmoke imitation. I can do my Walter Brennan from The Real McCoys. John fourteen twelve. I tell you the truth, the Lord says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works, works plural, that I have done. And even greater works. Well, How is that possible? Because I'm going to the Father. And I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit. That was, I know I've told you this, I know it's in my book, I know you've probably heard it in every seminar I've ever done, if you've been there or seen them. That was the scripture that set me on my journey in 2007. Where are the greater works? Where are they, Lord? We're not seeing them. And then he showed me why. And he made a paradigm shift in what I knew, what I understood. And I didn't just run out and start teaching what he was showing me. No, no. I sat on it for three years. I studied. I confirmed it through the Spirit, through the Word, through other witnesses. Then once I had it, he sent me out. Some people, excuse me, I'm trying to get a drink of water. Ah, H2O. Some people, they get a revelation because they want to build up followers and they want to go viral or whatever reason they're doing it for, they run right out with the revelation. They don't test it. They don't check it. They don't study it. The smart ones wait. They hold on to it. They don't run right out for the purpose of self-gratification or exaltation. Hebrews 2.4, God. Also bearing witness, both with what? Signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Maybe if you're not seeing signs and wonders, you need to get back to, Lord, am I in your will? D.L. Moody said, The work of the Spirit is to impart life, to implant hope, 
to give liberty, to testify of Christ, to testify of Messiah, as I call him, to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to comfort the believer, and to convict the world of sin. That's the church. That's the kingdom of God mentality. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be drawing attention to ourselves. Satan is brilliant. He's diabolically brilliant in his effort to stop the church. First, he got people to turn his back, their back on the Holy Spirit. Well, the gifts no longer are present. Or you can't do them. Or we're going to stop you. And if you're not, we don't approve you, you're not going to get, no, no, no. Then it went to you can't do them at all. Then it went to they don't even exist anymore. Because he knew he couldn't mess with the power of the Holy Spirit. He had to get man to turn it off or turn away from it. And we wonder why things are the way they are. Second Corinthians 3, starting verse 12, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Messiah. But even to this day when Moses is read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. From glory to glory. Every time you spend in his presence, every time his glory envelops you, you're transformed, you're changed. That word transformed in the Greek, metaskismatso to change in fashion or appearance. Matizo. I'm sorry, I mispronounced my Greek. I guess I won't be traveling. The veil has been removed and our minds are changed by the Holy Spirit. Inside-out transformation, never forget that. Our body gets transformed last I, I, I would take an early delivery if he wanted to deliver it, but that's not happening. Our body is transformed last. Philippians 3, starting verse 20, For our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he's able to even subdue all things to himself. Inside out, we are changed. And the last thing that will be changed is our body. And we'll be like him. Charles Ryrie, in his book on the Holy Spirit, said, A Christian is one who has received Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. A spiritual Christian is one who displays Christ living through his life. And that is accomplished by the work of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Spirituality, then, is Christ-likeness that is produced by the fruit of the Spirit. And what better portrait of Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is there than 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Piggybacking off of that, says, those who are Messiahs have crucified the flesh with its passions. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I've been keeping you in the same realm, the same topic, for a purpose. I've been given an assignment. And my assignment is to help get the remnant ready. We need to start walking in the Spirit. We need to start walking this out. And I will tell you that the minute you start to do that, the enemy will fight back. The enemy will try to bring things in your life to discourage you. He will attack you. Don't let it get to you. Charles Ryrie goes on and says, These characteristics from Galatians 5, 22 and 23 describe the fruit of the Spirit, and they picture our Lord. Spiritual power is not necessarily or usually the miraculous or spectacular, but rather the consistent exhibition of the characteristics of the Lord Jesus in the believer's life. And this is the activity of the Holy Spirit, of whom the Lord said, He shall glorify me. The Holy Spirit doesn't draw attention to any person, any place, or anything except for Yeshua. 1 John 2.20, but if you have an anointing from the Holy One, you know all things. 1 John 3.24, now who, he who keeps his commandment abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Look at that, the end of verse 24, 1 John 3, by the Spirit whom he has given us. So you're saying, well, why don't I have this, Richard? Why can't I do the things you've you're talking about. I don't know because he's given the Spirit to you. Have you not accepted the gift? Do you think you're not worthy of the gift? Do you think you're not worthy of the manifestations and all the things he wants to do through you? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? By the Spirit whom he has given us for him, for the kingdom of God. So if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And as I worked on this today, and as you can see, I've been really excited about it, and that's how I messed up and didn't turn the mic back on, and I'll have to edit that long silence out. Lord showed me something that I should have seen before. The book of Acts Church walked in the Spirit the way they did because it was birthed by and created by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Yes, it was the Lord, but he used the Holy Spirit to do it. That was the life. That was the fuel. That was the fire. And then you go back and you look, and everything about the New Testament and the church is Holy Spirit-infused. That's why they turned the world upside down. That's why they did what they did. The birth of Yeshua, supernatural, Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. The baptism in the Jordan, the Spirit came down. 
the wilderness experience. The spear drove him out into the wilderness and then took him back to the synagogue in Nazareth to make that proclamation in Luke 4.18. To the death, he could not have absorbed and endured that death without the Holy Spirit helping him to finish the job. The resurrection, Holy Spirit. The ascension, Holy Spirit. The upper room experience, Holy Spirit. Formation and birth of the church on that day of Pentecost to now, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, the third part of the Trinity, was the dynamic force behind it all. That's why we look at the book of Acts as the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. I believe my walk has been different than most because I came out of the supernatural. I came out of the demonic, the kingdom of darkness. The supernatural was natural for me from the crib. I then had to learn a new way. I had to learn to work with a new power from a new source. But I never hesitated. I was never afraid of it. I think a lot of people, because they don't live a naturally supernatural life, when they come into this aspect, it takes them a while to catch on, to let go control, to let the Spirit do what He wants. Spirit's a gentleman. He's never going to embarrass you. He's never going to hurt you. He will convict you. He will question you. He will correct you. But being naturally supernatural is it's in the foundational efforts that built his church to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So what's keeping you from being naturally supernatural? What's keeping you from having the power from above? Well, I'll give you a scripture that you could use to pray. Interestingly enough, it's from the Old Testament. It's from David. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. The Holy Spirit's not going to willingly share space with the enemy or with the other things of this world. He won't do it. He'll just back off and wait for you. He won't wander with you into those places where you are being told you shouldn't go or having convictions about. He'll just wait for you. He'll he'll try to get your attention. He'll nudge you and, and tap you on the shoulder and, and whisper in your ear, but if in your flesh and your selfishness and your desires you want to go down that road, he'll just wait, wait for you to come back. Try me and see if there any wicked way in me, Lord, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lord, right now, each and every one of us, we need some power from above, power to get through our day, power to deal with things going on in our life, power to do what you want us to do, what you need us to do. So right now, by grace, bring to remembrance anything we need to repent of, Anything hindering us from having that so that we can repent and be set free so that you can use us. You can pour yourself into us even more, even more a free flow of fire from the throne room 
to be capacitors of holding that energy and that power to be used in this world to set the captives free, to destroy the work of the enemy, to live out your proclamation in Luke chapter 4. Please, please help us. Please heal us. Please change us. We need you more than ever before, and just like you need us in a time that it is vital for the church, for the remnant to rise up. Let it be so. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, Adonai, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Adonai, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.